0: We would like to say a special thank you to Chris and Jen Nelson in gratitude for the ministry of Pastor Jeff Backer for sponsoring this week's episode.
1: I'm keeping you in my word. So finally you could say, I love God. I love Jesus because his word is never apart from me.
0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. In this week's passage, we hear Jesus tell his disciples, Those who love me will keep my word. We like to think that we love Jesus and that we keep his word. But at the end of the day, we don't keep his word. And that means we don't love him as we say we should. But Jesus doesn't say, get your love better. He says, I'm sending my spirit to make sure my word never leaves you. You won't be able to avoid my word. I'm going to keep you in my word for you so you can finally have peace. Let's get to this week's conversation. But first, here's John chapter 14, verses 23 through 29. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have Lars Olson with us this week. Thanks for being
1: here, Lars. It is my pleasure to be with you, Mason.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And?
3: (laughs) Well, you hadn't spoken yet. (laughs) You too, Adam. Yeah, there you go.
2: (laughs) Oh, geez. (laughs) So we are in
3: the uh, 14th chapter of John. It's the second to last week of Easter. Ascension Sunday is the last week. Um, And maybe uh, we can begin, Lars, with just a little uh, context or um, uh, even who's Jesus talking to right here? Yeah. So in the middle of
1: John 14, Jesus is responding at this point to a question from Judas. And they make a point right before this reading to say that it's not Judas Iscariot. And so it's another Judas disciple uh, that we really don't know anything else about. But he asks the question after the beginning part of, of John 14, he asks about uh, how Jesus is going to reveal himself to the disciples and not to the world. Because Jesus has been telling his disciples that he is going to be going away from them, that they won't see him any longer, that he won't be with them in the same fashion. But then he continues to tell them again and again that he's not leaving them alone. And so he's saying things that we read at funerals regularly, regularly in the beginning of John 14 about, uh, do not let your hearts be troubled. Uh, Believe in God. Believe also in in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. Mm-hmm. And so, the beginning part of John 14 is very well known, um, and we picked this up in the middle of John 14, which is the beginning portion of what what is generally called his farewell discourse. And this is a couple of chapters of Jesus then talking about what's going to happen after his um, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. And so, what is going to be the truth of the world after this time with his disciples.
0: And for the amount of density that the disciples oftentimes display. I think that's actually a pretty fair question to say, if Jesus is saying, I'm going to be leaving, but I'm not going to be leaving. I think it's what? a fair follow-up to say, can you please explain what that? What does that bit? mean? Yeah. Certainly,
1: certainly. And, and the, the reality of this is you can't know it. Uh, the disciples can't know it. We can't know yeah. this before Jesus resurrection. There's just no way to understand what he's talking about, about, not leaving you, but being with you constantly after his death and resurrection. There's just no way to really get that because Jesus is going to be revealing that to him. And that's actually the question that that Jesus is trying to answer that that uh, Judas, not Iscariot, is asking him.
2: Okay, so let's jump in. So um, Jesus first said, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them. Um, and then it continues on a little bit. Um, can you dig into that initially? It, well, so I'll complete it. It says, "and we will make t- and we will come to them and make our home with them."
1: Yeah. So this is now defining what we mean by loving Jesus, right? Is that we keep his word. Mm-hmm. And this is what the whole section is about. Um, that to love God, to love Jesus, is to hear and hold on to the word that he has given. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, of course, whenever we hear the if and then uh, love, we're always jumping in to ask ourselves, have I loved Jesus enough? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I have kept his word. Maybe I haven't. How can I keep his word more? Um, but what Jesus is actually pointing out is just the reality that that his word is different than the world's word. And the world loves its own word. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to keep Jesus' word, to love Jesus, is to die to the world, to put away the worldly things, and to uh, be held by the word that he gives. Now, that is not something that we can do for ourselves. That is exactly uh, what Jesus is going to be saying, I'm not leaving you in order to leave you with my word until you can pick it up when you like it, (laughs) figure out uh, how to use it. But rather, he's going to be saying, I'm going to leave you with the spirit
3: in order to keep you in my word. Luther wrote uh, a hymn, I think about often when I hear this, Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. That is, you're the one that's going to do this. I mean, praying to God that you would do this. Exactly. Right. And that's
1: Jesus' point, right? Um, That it's not uh we're gonna keep his word kind of locked in a box and, and held just for when when we can get it out, but that we would be kept in his word so that we could honestly say, uh, because of the word, I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're not uh because of my keeping the word, I can love Jesus more.
0: I think that's important the way that you just said that you said be kept in his word rather than keep my word. How do we know that what the difference is there? Because those who love me will keep my word can sound like it's something, some sort of challenge for us to, to do. What does it mean to keep?
1: Absolutely. The word word. there is those who love me, keep my word. And so what is that saying about us?
2: Well, it's saying saying that you love him, you keep it.
1: We don't keep his word and therefore what we don't love him. We don't love him the way we say we should.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: We don't like that word. We don't like to hear that about us, but that's the cuttingness of, of that word, right? If you love me, you would keep my word. A little towards the end of the passage, he, he says it even uh, more after he talks about uh, the peace that he's going to leave. He says, um, uh, if you love me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that you that I'm leaving <laughs> that yeah, that I'm leaving right but yeah. they're trying to hold on to him they're trying to keep him they're, they're going to go through they're an selfish. enormous amount of suffering yeah. to watch him suffer and die uh, they're not rejoicing over this they're not seeing the kingdom arriving in the world
3: mm-hmm.
1: and that is just pointing out that we don't love the way we wish we did
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah
1: so I, when i say when he says uh, those who love me keep my word we we have to finally admit you know what we don't love that, yeah, but also jesus doesn 't just say things like, "Well, uh, get your love better." he says i 'm going to send the Spirit, and mm-hmm. the spirit now is going to be the one who speaks his word to us to keep us constantly in this word, just the way Adam was talking it, Lord keep us steadfast in your word. Yeah. And I so think it,
2: it's oh sorry. I just I think it's interesting because we were talking a little bit before we started recording. I really love this passage. I also think it can be it's interesting because it can be misconstrued for people um between law and gospel um because I think some people could read this as a prescription rather than a depiction because of how many phrases there are that um relate to that like so for example in that first paragraph in verse 24 it says um it continues and says whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine but is from the father who sent me so both of the first two verses it kind of is like if it appears like it's an if and then a then it um,
1: is an if and a phrase. That. that's
2: But I think people read it like, okay, I need to improve then.
1: Yes, they hear and that then as something that they're going to do to rather be. than as the reality of yeah, our exactly. life. Yeah, exactly. But there is a, the, the prescription is in that also, but it's not a prescription to you. It's mm-hmm. a prescription of what God is going to do with the Spirit.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Right? So it, it's turning us from uh, a, a do-it-yourself faith to a everything depends upon what God is doing for us. And when Jesus leaves now, uh, again, this is a terrible way to talk about it. This is actually what Jesus is not saying, right? That I am going away, and you guys come when you can, when you can, like as in a farewell discourse. Rather, he's saying, "I'm sending the Spirit, so I can come to you all the time. Yeah, I can always be with you. Yeah, uh, Jesus in the body, we can kill and uh, hurt. Uh, Jesus in the spirit." We simply can't (laughs) do anything with.
3: So he continues on. um, I have said these things to you while I'm still with you. You've kind of already said this, but we'll just go. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. So uh, he introduces the advocate, the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. Because you can't
1: keep me, keep my word. You don't love me the way you say. So I'm going to send the Spirit so that you can't avoid the word. I'm going to put the Spirit all around, uh, always speaking, so that uh, finally I'm keeping my word with you. I'm keeping you in my word. So finally you could say, I love God. I love Jesus because his word is never apart from me. That's the work of the Spirit, not the work of your beautiful little hearts and your strong mind and your, uh, and your tough will or something like that.
0: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's pretty harsh to say. <laughs> <Rude>. <laughs> I'm
2: offended. You, you, you don't
0: love me and you're not going to keep my word here. Here it is, but I'm not just going to leave it to you to open up when you feel like it, because I know you, but I he, know that you won't do that,
1: but he knows that he is this is the end of his life. He knows that the cross is on its way. Yeah. Uh, he knows what the world is about. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he's not just you know uh, predicting that people might not love him. He's saying, watch what's going to happen to me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going to kill me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you don't love me. We are going <laughs> to expose that you don't love me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to reveal myself to you through the Spirit mm-hmm. constantly. And what is the Spirit going to be saying? Is it going to be saying something like... Uh, well, Jesus was here, uh, and he taught you some, but we're going to take you to the rest of the way. The Spirit's going to do something other than what Jesus has said? No. He says, the Spirit comes to remind you of me. There's not a deeper
3: Spirit. There's not
1: <laughs> there's not a deeper Spirit. There's not a new tier, Spirit. Tier one, uh, <laughs> tier
3: two Spirit. Yes. Uh,
1: and, and actually, that's what Jesus gets into a little yeah, bit exactly. later in this yeah. passage, right? That the Father is greater and sends the Spirit... And so then we start setting up tiers of God rather than they're all doing the same work. Yeah. Which is giving this word to the world. To a world that hates him, God gives his word of mercy
3: and promise mm-hmm. through the spirit again and again and again. Yeah. So he says, we'll teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Uh, I do not give to you as the world gives. Uh, so he's making a distinction between his peace and the world's peace, or what? Uh, what's he saying here?
2: I love that he does that. Why do you love that? Because it's not the same thing. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be honest. He said, I leave with you my peace. I do not give you the world peace. Honestly, the world doesn't know peace. I mean, that's just how it is. We live in a sinful world. We are all sinners. We all have a sinful nature. We don't know what peace is is truly like, even if we have a world of Zen where we're listening to Enya and drinking coffee in our home, that like, yeah. we don't know, you know, so it's don't like you, you like turn that. on Enya you get your coffee <laughs> made
1: and, and, and you get some, some solace from the troubles of the world. Right. Yeah. And that's what we call peace in the world It's just kind of a, a bubble that you get for mm-hmm. a, for a momentary time. Um, and that's
2: not what he's talking about here because it's peace within with him that he's talking about here. This is
1: the peace that he lives in, the peace that he is bringing to the world. Uh, He's going to leave it behind. He's going to hand that over uh, for for his disciples because they live in a world of non-peace. The peace that he's talking about is peace that goes through death and the trouble of this world, the sin of this world, and still says, uh, God is for me. God is with me. God is on my side rather than, uh, I, need a, I need a break from all this for just a minute. Can anybody uh, play some Enya? Um, you know, there's a, uh, I think there's an app now called Calm where uh, uh, you, you, you put it like in your room or something like this and you, you it's on your phone and it's supposed to give you five minutes of solace as you watch some pattern go around and some, you know, light music's playing in the background just to give you a, a momentary. Peace of mm-hmm. calm. Right? You know
2: a lot about that, Lars. Do you have something you want to I tell don't. Us? I've only seen
1: uh, like LeBron James advertise for this. I've never tried it myself. Now,
0: now Lars's peace is being drugged through death and sin. So yeah, um, that's
1: the. No, that's the. <laughs> Screeching that. And... No, it is the peace of Christ that he leaves with us that allows us to watch that happen to him, uh, to even feel the, the turmoil in our own selves when we say, we're not very good at loving God. Mm hmm. Uh, That that peace comes because of the word that he's giving us that says, nothing will separate you from me because I'm always going to be around. Mm -hmm. I'm not leaving you orphaned. I'm Mm -hmm. not leaving you behind. Here I come uh, through this word again in order to find you. Yeah. And, that's what, and that's what we were talking about ahead of time about what that word remind really is, is to, is to put that word back into you, that word that the Spirit comes to speak, which is the word that Christ gave, which is the, the presence of Christ with us, uh, to say, this is exactly what Jesus came to get the world to give. He was sent by the Father to speak this word. The Spirit is now reminding us, giving us that word again and again, not just that Jesus did it once upon a time, but bringing that word into the present to make Christ present for us in this day. Not just saying he once walked the earth, but to say just what he was promising the, to Judas and the disciples in, in John 14. That's what I,
0: I really like, that description of of the word remind. I mean, I, I've just never really thought about the definition of of. The word remind. Remind you of all that I have said to you. And it's not that it's a reminder uh, that it only worked the first time you heard this information. But when you are reminded of something, that information is just as good as the first time.
1: Right that the peace comes to you again, Mm -hmm. that the peace of knowing Christ comes to you again. You may have forgotten it. You may have lost it. uh, You may have uh, ignored it. You may have not wanted it. And yet here it
3: comes again through the word, bringing you that peace. So he uh, continues, do not let your hearts be troubled and uh, do not let them be afraid. You heard me saying to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. So uh, sometimes when people say, don't be afraid, uh, it only be heightens afraid. your anger. <laughs> it uh, your your fear, or, or stay calm. Then you're like, I should be getting more. Well, <laughs> do not be frightened means that there is something, something that could be yeah. frightening. So oh, look out, uh, yeah. that, that rock's
1: about to fall on you. But don't be afraid.
3: <laughs> but that, that's not the, the, the sense that Christ is saying it, or it's not the 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 motive, or how is that different from? I, I think it's
1: this the same thing that we're talking about with love. I mean, he's pointing out the reality. You know what you're going to see in the next days? You're going to see the turmoil, the non-peace. You're going to see the trouble of the world, and it's going to threaten to overcome your hearts. But you know what? I'm with you. I'm not leaving you on your own to say, remember what I did way back then? but I'm speaking to you constantly. I'm going to, the spirit is going to be always around you. I'm coming to you in the midst of your trouble and your uh, grief, your pain, uh, the, the turmoil of the world, the cross itself, mm-hmm. to speak a word of peace and calm. Uh, Adam, you know very well right after the crucifixion, what he finally says, the first thing he says to his disciples, "Peace, peace be with you. Peace be with you through the cross, through mm-hmm. the death and resurrection uh, to to say, that's exactly what I gave you before. I gave you my peace. Mm-hmm. I left it there sitting on the table for you to use all up. Mm-hmm. And here it is again, more and more
3: peace for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm coming to you.
1: <laughs> right. Not I'm leaving you. Yeah. I'm not I'm orphaning you. Not uh, find your way to me. But by the Spirit, I'm coming to you, which is why I... Find it really difficult that they call this the farewell discourse when he's very insistent that he is coming at you. He's coming to you in a brand new way.
2: What is that way, Lars?
1: Well, it's by the Spirit. The Spirit uh, is how he's coming to you, so that the Spirit is always speaking so like this the word. The sermon
2: each week. The sermon the podcast each week.
1: Perhaps the podcast, if if it can even do that.
2: <laughs> um. Please, we preach the gospel here. <laughs> Um, Okay, so then finally, the last thing, and we covered this a little bit, but he said, if you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than me. And now I have told you this before it occurs so that when it does occur, you may believe. My question here, this last sentence. So you know how we always say faith is believing without sight or that sort of thing? I feel like this kind of takes the faith. Like, it, it, it brings faith, but it also feels like it takes the faith away a little bit because it's, he's essentially being like, here's the pie. No, you don't get it until dinner. And then takes it away.
1: Say more. I don't understand what you mean there.
2: Oh, Lars. I don't know how to explain more. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it just feels like, because he says, and now I have told you this before it occurs so that when it does occur, you may believe. So it just feels like he's trying to show them himself. And maybe it's just them, not necessarily us, but those in the days of the Bible. But it feels like he's exposing himself so that, um, I don't know, it just feels like these people may not have faith because of the, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it.
1: What he's saying to them is, I know it's coming. I'm not making a mistake, right? Mm-hmm. You can start to expect that uh, I know your heart. Your heart is not full of love for me, and you're not—you're uh, not, you know—the smartest person who's going to hold on to my word constantly. Uh, and so, when the trouble comes, when the turmoil comes, when my death comes, when the cross is right before you, and all you see is the the trouble of the world, you can be reminded, <laughs> you can recall, you can be told, this is what he said to me. Mm-hmm. This He's is foreshadowing what he told us the would events
2: happen. before they happen
1: right mm-hmm. so that when the 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 trouble of the world comes upon him you don't say well that that was really unexpected mm-hmm. uh, 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 something overcame him
3: mm-hmm.
1: rather okay. no this is exactly what he said was coming and that's why he gave us his promise his peace and his spirit
3: mm-hmm. to walk us through that. Luther has a nice little quote from his Genesis lecture, lectures where he says, uh, when Christ says he's going to the Father, that means he's going to the tomb. <laughs> right. Which is what mm. you're saying right here. Exactly. When Christ is saying he's going to the Father, he's going towards his death. And he's telling us that that is a, an occasion for
1: rejoicing, not for uh, mm. for um, falling apart in the world, Right. Not for sadness and grief and, and turmoil, uh, not to let your hearts be troubled, but rather to believe in him, to hold on to his word, to know his peace through all that is to come and to know that he intended it to be this way, even knowing your sinful heart, <laughs> uh, to give that part peace in order to make it a new heart in Christ.
0: And on that note, we reach the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Lars Olson for teaching us that those who love Jesus keep his word. To love God is to hear and hold on to God's word. But that's not something we can do for ourselves. We don't keep his word. So that means we don't love God as we say we should. Jesus knows this. He knows the cross is on its way. Instead of saying, get your love better, he says... I'm sending my spirit to make sure my word never leaves you. We finally have peace because nothing can separate you from God. His spirit and thus his word are always with us no matter what. Luther House of Studies' mission is to strengthen Lutheran leadership and ministries for the proclamation of the gospel. We wouldn't be able to serve current and future ministry professionals as well as members of the church without the generous support of people just like you. If you or your congregation is interested in sponsoring an episode of Scripture First, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email at sarah.stenson at lutherhouseofstudy.org. That's sarah.stenson at You can find her email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God keeps us in His Word. We'll see you next
1: time on Scripture First.